Well, good morning, church. How we doing? Can you believe that Christmas is only one week away? I'm not sure that I can. Since next weekend we'll be here for Christmas Eve only at 4.30 and 6.30 p.m., this makes this our last Sunday in this Advent series, this Christmas series, that we are calling The Gift. And it's a series that is all about prayer, and specifically, it's about praying scripture. And so as we get started, if you came in this morning and and didn't pick up one of these orange sheets, can you just lift your hand up and our, our ushers will for sure hook you up. And if you're saying, Brian, so what's the connection between Christmas and prayer? The way that we've been describing this is that because of Jesus, we have available to us a very real, a very dynamic and active relationship with God. As we celebrate God's gift to us in Jesus and through Jesus. And one of the primary ways that we experience that relationship is absolutely through prayer. That we've got this open invitation that is ours to come. Last week we looked at that invitation coming out of Galatians chapter 3 where Paul writes, because of Christ we can now come both boldly and confidently. So this, this seeking after him, this privilege that is ours, that we can talk to God in conversation, to listen to him, to speak to him, and all because Jesus came to us. The Son of God, in, as that baby in that manger some 2,000 years ago. So we've got this incredible opportunity and this incredible power that's available to us. But we've also called out that most of us, if we're being all of us, struggle with prayer. We find prayer hard and we even took times to spell out some of the ways in which prayer is a struggle for us. But through these last couple of weeks, we've tried to counter those things by by looking at what it means to pray scripture where you simply open up God's word and you allow the words that you see in front of you, you allow those words to be a springboard for your own prayers, allow the meaning of those words to guide and shape out your prayers. And here's what we find true as we allow God's word to shape our prayers, that that you find that your prayer will be less about you and more about God. That your prayer seems like a real conversation as you read God's word and you simply speak his words back to him that that because your prayer is grounded in the words right in front of your face there's less of an opportunity to get distracted less of a chance for your your mind to wonder that because you're praying the words of scripture you find that you're thinking more deeply about the words that are there And that praying scripture allows you to pray in a way that you might not normally pray on your own. And so over the past couple of weeks, we've just taken time to stop in this conversation and go quiet to to create space for us to actually pray scripture. And the reason that we're doing this is because I want this series to be us praying together versus me talking to you about prayer. Prayer. 
so that we don't miss out on the simple joy that's there to, to engage in conversation with our incredibly loving Father, to reach out to Him in a childlike conversation with our incredibly powerful Father. And the picture that I've kept bringing us back to week after week is this, that prayer is as simple as a child reaching out for the hand of her strong dad. Someone said to me this past week, Brian, it sounds like you're saying the same thing over and over and over again in this series. That person was my wife, Cindy. (laughs) And I said, well, it probably sounds that way because that's exactly what I'm doing. Because I want to reinforce for you, I want to reinforce for, for us, so for you in your life, for us in the life of our church, the absolute criticality of prayer for us. And that criticality comes, and I hope we've shown that over the last couple of weeks, that there is scripture after scripture after scripture that is this open invitation just to come to God in prayer So we see the invitation and all throughout scripture we've got these snapshots of people actually doing that, chasing after the creator king of the universe in conversation. So we see that in scripture but beyond that I've seen the firsthand the power that is there in prayer. I've told this story before, it's kind of my my, my poster child story or my, my aha story for what prayer can accomplish on a scale that impacted an entire nation. When Cindy and I were missionaries in Uruguay, we studied, we prepared for for our couple of years there, and everything that we thought we knew about Uruguay was proven wrong when we got there. Uruguay is a place that is very, very secular. So, so this, this tiny Spanish-speaking South American country that is nominally Catholic but very secular because they look to Europe for their social cues. So in Uruguay, basically their vibe is the God thing, been there, done that, does not work. And so Uruguay is a place where it is hard to serve as a missionary because only There's only a fractional interest across the population of the country in anything spiritual, but just before we showed up, things started to change. There was a hunger for spiritual things that had not been there before, and so I asked the question, what happened? And part of the answer is that people started piling into this little building in downtown Montevideo, the capital of Uruguay, for 10 years and began to pray for their country. This were this groups that, that, were, that were Baptist and Charismatics and Mennonites, groups that usually don't play well together, but they said, you know what? what, what joins us, what unites us is stronger than what divides us, and so they came together to cry out to God for their country, and things began to change. So I have seen the power of prayer impacting an entire nation with my own eyes. And this is why for us, this church, we have made prayer one of our vision points. Because again, we see that call to pray again and again in scripture. And I have myself witnessed firsthand the power of prayer. And so our vision point in part reads, we push prayer deep into our environments. Which means we pray as part of Sunday morning. If you're here as a class, you're going to be praying in small groups. Prayer should be foundational to that time. If you show up midweek for a meeting, guess what? 
Prayer should, should be a foundational part of that meeting too. So we push prayer deep into our environments. We will pray as our first response, not the option that we turn to after we've expended our own resources, energy, and ideas. And so our leadership board, our staff, and some others have been wrestling with what does it look like for us to actually make prayer a tangible, concrete thing. And out of those conversations, we're starting with five action steps. The first is keep church-wide requests and then answers to those prayers in front of our MBIC family to give us corporate prayer focal points. So that when we have mission teams going out and we bring them up on the platform and we pray for them and we invite you to pray for them, that's exactly what we're doing and we need to do more of that. To do a better job of communicating and celebrating answered prayers. To create and deploy a team available to pray with our people before, during, after each service for any needs. If our bottom is is the gospel of Jesus Christ, that because of Christ's obedient life because of his sacrificial death because of of his his rising victorious from that grave we can say that mbic is a place where it's okay not to be okay but don't stay there and so if someone says hey i'm not okay where do i go having a team of people to pray for us as we say hey listen i've got stuff in my life that's a place to start Create a community-wide effort to include inviting other churches to join us to pray for Mannheim and beyond and equip our MBIC family to pray. And it's really that last bullet point that, that is driving this series. And it's why that we're going to offer in January a Sunday morning faith formation class coming out of this book called A Praying Life. We actually offered this this faith formation class a couple of years ago. Outside of scripture, for sure, probably one of the best resources on prayer that I have personally ever read. And so, so often I hear, well, I don't read books. Well, maybe that's true, but you can read this book. This book is literally chapters are, are six to eight pages. It's an easy read. It's firmly rooted in the gospel. And there are no easy answers in this book. In that the author of this book has, has a child in their family that the child is autistic and it has really turned their family upside down. So in that crossroads of struggling with some very hard things in their lives, That's how this family learned to pray. And so if you are here this morning and and you are hungry for more, you, you want a deeper, more real relationship with God when it comes to your prayer life, I invite you to look for this faith formation class coming on January 8th. I knew that I didn't want to end this series without us praying the prayer that Jesus offers in the Sermon on the Mount called the Lord's Prayer which the Sermon on the Mount's in Matthew chapter 5, chapter 6, chapter 7. And because I've just talked about this book, let me actually read a page or two that gives context for the Sermon on the Mount. It's a little bit long, so you've got to, to, to live with that, but, but this section actually hits me in the head like a two-by-four. It comes from a part of the book called Learning to Ask Your Father. It says this, In Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, Jesus introduces us to what it means to be a child of our Heavenly Father. 
To understand the sermon, think of your life as a room filled with open doors called money, sex, power, and fame. Jesus begins the sermon by telling you he is going to go through your life and close all the doors to human power and glory. In the Sermon on the Mount, he says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. In other words, Jesus is saying, Give up power and relationships, and I will show you an entirely different way to do life. Don't be afraid of being dependent, of disappearing. I will take care of you. In the rest of chapter 5, Jesus closes one door after the other. He tells you to empower your enemies to think of their needs. If you suspect that someone is irritated with you, don't wait for that person to come to you. Go to him or her, even if it isn't your fault. Jesus closes the door to revenge, even emotional revenge through a distance. And when you are selling something, don't try to get power over people by using oaths or by promising more than you can deliver. He closes the door to a secret life of sexual pleasure by telling you to remove your eye if it is looking at at men or women to use them. If you do what Jesus says in chapter 5, you start to feel spiritual. In chapter 6, Jesus deals with wanting to look spiritual. If you pray, don't use it to make yourself look good. If you fast, pretend that you don't. If you give, don't tell anyone. Don't use spirituality as a means for getting power and glory. Jesus closes the door to getting your identity from religion. Then Jesus closes the door to getting your security from from money. Instead, he says, give your money away. Now that you've lost the security of money, you begin to panic and say, who's going to take care of me? Jesus says, your father will. Look at the lilies of the field. Seek my father's kingdom first. So not only do you have to give up money, but you have to give up worrying about money. Two more doors close to human power and glory. Now Jesus taps you on the shoulder and says, stop judging. When you see someone else's sin, use that information to humble yourself by first finding the beam in your own eye. Instead of of using your insights into other people's issues as a spiritual hammer, Jesus wants you to take these insights and deepen your own repentance. So how then do we do life? Having closed all your doors, Jesus opens the door to prayer and tells you how to get things done. He asks his father for help. He talks to the father and tells him what he wants. Prayer is the positive side of the surrendered will. As you stop doing your own will and wait for God, this is the praying life. In other words, we allow God to take away our go-tos, which puts us at the point of need, which puts us at the point of desperation because our go-tos of finding our identity in our success and our stuff in our positions, in our work, in our bank account balance, in our relationships, in our family, in our abilities. That list goes on and on and on. But those things will not give us the satisfaction and the security and the significance that is only found in relationship with God. And so after stripping everything away, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus points us to a real, dynamic, active relationship with God the Father through prayer. And this brings us to the scripture that we're going to pray together this morning. It's out of Matthew chapter 6, starting in verse 9. We actually talked about this earlier in the year. 
I'm going to have us actually pray this together. What you have in front of you comes um, from a, a tool that I, I put together for myself late this summer. But Matthew 6, 9 through 13 says this. Jesus says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. So, Staying where you are on your own. I am going to walk us through this scripture, this prayer, step by step by step. So I'm going to read one, two, maybe three lines of scripture, and then I'm going to go quiet for a minute or two as you take the words that I just read and turn those words into a personal prayer. Right, I invite you to use those prayer prompts that, that are there. Again, that's the part that's behind the bullet point in italics. Use those if they're helpful. If they're not helpful, don't allow those to get in your way. And so then I'll come back and read the next couple of lines and go quiet again until we've worked our way through the prayer. And again, the only thing that we're doing here is that we are are simply praying the words that we see in Scripture back to God. There are many, many different ways to pray. And praying Scripture is just that, praying God's words back to Him, turning the words that we see and the meaning of those words into prayer. That's what it means to pray Scripture. So if you grab your handouts, Jesus says, pray like this and says, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. I'm going quiet. You guys pray. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.
Give us today the food we need. And forgive us our sins. as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one.
I'll call us back. I can read on some of your faces, or I think I can read on some of your faces. Brian, what are you doing? I've been wrestling since this past summer and into this fall the fact that in America we have tended to make church a spectator sport, and that was never what it was intended to be. As I wrestle with what I see coming out of the book of Acts, it is people up to their elbows in the mess of this world jumping in to be the light, to shine the light of the gospel, to shine the good news of the gospel to the world around them. It's that Francis Chan quote that is just bouncing around my head that church should be like going to the gym, not going to the movie theater. And so for us, I am more than willing to make us work when we come here on a Sunday morning. It's the kind of church that I want to be a part of, the kind of church that I feel like God is calling us to be. Because this is bonus, not even in my notes. So look out, right? Who knows what's going to come now? Um, We said it during our first week together that one of the issues that I think makes prayer hard for us is that we are so comfortable in the United States, living in the West. And I think discomfort comes in two different ways. One is that phone call that comes in the middle of the night saying, hey, something bad has happened. Get down to the hospital now. And then there's a discomfort that comes because we step into something far bigger than ourselves. That we actually step into into the mission that God has for us. And that's what God is calling us to be. The kind of church that God is calling us to be. And all of that is anchored firmly to prayer. And so I want, I want to leave us this morning with where we started this entire series. Going back to that picture. Again, that, that little baby who can, who can barely totter along. And if she's left on her own, she's going to fall on her face and get hurt and that strong dad and that's God that baby reaching out to that strong dad and that strong dad reaching down to guide to lead to provide for to protect at the same time a beautiful picture of Christmas that the primary way that God does reach down to us is by coming to us through the birth of Jesus but if we hop back to this picture as an analogy for prayer as we reach out in prayer we, we don't have to wonder if our strong dad will take our hand to guide us to lead us to provide for us to protect us that he will do do those things is the promise that we've seen together, the promise in scripture over and over and over again. It is such a wide open, rich promise. And again, there are many, many different ways to pray, but now that we have this super simple tool on how to pray scripture, that despite the struggles that come, that despite the struggles that we all have, a tool that makes prayer super accessible, 
So the only thing left for me to do is ask, will you see God's mighty power and your helplessness, your desperation, your poverty? Will you, like that little baby, reaching out to a strong dad, will you be that little baby? Will you reach out to your loving father in prayer? Because the kind of life that you'll have, your life, the kind of church that you'll have our life as a church absolutely depends on it.